Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. We're continuing our mini-series in looking at ways to strengthen marriages and prevent divorce. The title of this show today is Supernatural Power for Ordinary Catholic Marriages. When I say supernatural power, I really mean this. This isn't just kind of like a nice metaphor or a catchy title. There is supernatural power available for your marriage. That's why I said ordinary Catholic marriages. This isn't some like super Catholics, but for regular believers in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be talking about a title in a few minutes, but I just heard that Amazon has around 150,000 titles related to marriage. (laughs) I haven't even looked at 10% of the titles, but today I'm going to recommend what I consider the best among all 150,000. And surprisingly, the full text of this book was published unabridged by the New York Times, and the New York Times had a summary of the book appearing on its front page. You're going to be a little surprised what the book was. But before we get to this book and a key passage from the book, I want to describe to you and tell you today about the Ezekiel promise for marriage. In Ezekiel chapter 36, there is a promise for the new covenant. The new covenant is the, is the situation we're living in now with God. It's different from the old covenant. And people think, well, a new covenant, I thought you were going to talk about marriage. Well, here it is. Our relationship with God, or non-relationship with God, will affect our marriage. Marriage is almost like a visible barometer of your relationship with God. And Ezekiel chapter 36 has what I call the Ezekiel promise for marriage. And it's only two verses from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. And let's go to those. God says, A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. Do you see the relevance? I hope you saw the relevance. I set it up a little bit. But what do you need for love and marriage? You need a good heart. You need a loving heart. You need two loving hearts. Well, what happens ever since the fall into original sin There have been hard hearts until the coming of the new covenant. And Ezekiel, in this Ezekiel promise, says there's going to be a new heart, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit internally that will prompt those receiving this promise to obey God's statutes and laws. And what's his law? Well, it's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And your closest neighbor, if you're married, is your spouse. 
Well, we're in the middle of prolonged marital conflicts. Well, even this grace has the capability to empower your heart to love your enemies. And that's a great starting place if you're having serious marital problems. There's there's no exclusion for this because this isn't human power for Catholic marriage. This is supernatural power. This is power coming from God himself into the heart. Now, somebody would say, well, why aren't we experiencing the Ezekiel promise in our marriage. Now, this is totally Steve Wood. This is totally me. This is just my observations of Christian marriages. This is my observation of just how God seems to work. Do you ever wonder why there was that prolonged time? Now, it may not seem long to you, but imagine you were living through the week of the crucifixion of Jesus. You know, between the time he was arrested, he was whipped, crown of thorns, crucifixion, just a hideous death. You think, enough's enough. I mean, you can be glad I'm not God, but, you know, if I was God, I would have him just pop off the cross and be like, okay, he's dead. Boom, he's back to life again. Let's go. Can you imagine the agony and the loss of hope? the loss of expectation, the loss of trust in the promises of God in many minds and hearts um, of those who are hoping for the appearance of the kingdom of God after Jesus was crucified, and then he was put in a tomb, and then hour after hour after hour goes by, and then all of a sudden on an Easter morning, it all changes. To me, this is part of the way that God works in marriage. And again, this is just my observations. And let me drive this home with a couple of illustrations from one of the most famous sermons ever preached in the United States. It was a sermon entitled Acres of Diamonds, and it was the most popular 19th century sermon in America. It was delivered more than 6,000 times by the Reverend Russell Conwell, who was the co-founder of my seminary. By the way, it just had nothing to do with this broadcast, but I just learned how his work with seminary students started. One man came to him and said, you know, can you train me for the ministry? He says, okay, I'll mentor you, train you one night a week, show up my house at this time, this date. And the Pointed time came, there was a knock on a door, and there were seven young men there ready to be trained. Um, just encouraging that there, there are hearts ready to serve God. So in any case, here are two of the illustrations that um, Reverend Conwell, who was, by the way, the co-founder of my seminary that I attended, and a lot of Catholic converts attended. The first illustration in his talk, Acres of Diamonds, was this. In 1847, a man sold his Northern California ranch to a Colonel John Augustus Sutter. And the man, after he sold the property, headed south in search for gold in Southern California. So Colonel Sutter put a mill next to the stream on his new property. And one day, a little girl brought in some sand from around the mill into the house And as the sand fell away from her hands, there was this shiny stuff in her hands. It it was called gold. And thus was born the real California gold rush 
but occurred in Northern California on the very property <laughs> that some guy sold and headed to Southern California in search of gold. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Here's the second. There was three in his talk. I'm just giving you two. But I want to show you the pattern here because you're going to see how this works for marriage in a minute. This is in Pennsylvania, northwestern Pennsylvania. A man sold his farm in the 1850s for $833, $833. And then he took off to Canada in search of riches to work in the Canadian coal oil industry. Shortly after purchasing the farm, the new owner went out to water his cattle and noticed a dreadful-looking scum on the water. He noticed that the previous owner had placed a plank across the stream to collect the scum because otherwise his cattle would not drink from the stream. Well, that piece of property in northwest Pennsylvania for $833 produced oil worth over $100 million. It was discovered in Titusville, Pennsylvania, the city where the United States' first oil well was drilled in 1859. The point of Acres and Diamonds and the point in answering the question, why aren't we experiencing the Ezekiel promise in our marriage? Remember, there's that little gap between Good Friday and early Easter Sunday morning. And I think all of us are prone to neglect or ne ignore uh, that treasures could be just a few inches down in the ground under our feet, and we are tempted to bolt just before abundant blessings appear. Have you ever thought about 23rd Psalm, probably the most beloved passage of Scripture in the entire Old Testament, where it says, the good shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Why? We're liable to get up and like charge the Southern California for gold when it's right under our feet. Or take off for Canada for oil when it's literally right on our own property. Now, let's go to that book that I'm going to recommend as my consideration, and I've read quite a few books on marriage over the past several decades, as the number one book, the book that appeared unabridged, published by the New York Times, the book that appeared in summary fashion on the front page of the New York Times. Now, somebody's going to say, very clever, I know what he's going to do. Steve's going to pick something from St. John Paul II. And I would be very tempted to because it was a marriage apostolic exhortation from St. John Paul II, which really opened my eyes that, wow, the Catholic Church really has marriage right as in accordance with the very words of Jesus, with the words of the early church fathers. And it really prompted me to think, well, maybe the Catholic faith has a couple other things they got right, too, and started investigating. And long story short, I became a Catholic. But as much as I appreciate the work of St. John Paul II, I would say my number one pick 
would be a title by the Latin title, Casti Canubi, or the English version, and it comes out like if you get a little Daughters of St. Paul uh, edition of the booklet, it's entitled Christian Marriage. It was published at the very end of December 1930 by Pope Pius XI, and the New York Times ran a front-page article on it on January 9th, uh, 31, and of all the books, all the 150,000 books on Amazon, on marriage, I'll pick this number one. And then there are so many good things in this encyclical. I'm picking the key sentence, and that doesn't mean there's not other several incredibly good sentences in this book, but here's the key sentence, quote, the grace of matrimony will remain for the most part an unused talent hidden in the field, unless the parties exercise these supernatural powers and cultivate and develop the seeds of grace they have received, unquote. Let's break this down. First of all, just to get a mental picture of what's going on here, Pope Pius XI was referring, of course, to Jesus's parable of a treasure hidden in the field. And this is why I went to Acres of Diamonds, that people overlooking treasure literally under their feet. That was the point of Reverend Conwell's famous sermon, Acres of Diamonds, and what is happening in Casti Canubi, or Christian marriage by Pius XI, is that there's these treasures or talents hidden in the field, even by those Catholics who are just basically not realizing that there's supernatural power available for their very regular, ordinary marriage. Let's go to the uh, the parable that he was referring to about the talent hidden in a field. It's from Matthew 13, where Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sell all that he has and buys that field. Now, do you know what the treasure is? <laughs> do you know what the talent is hidden in the field? If you heard me last week, I shared with you the number one thing to be uh, uh, conveyed, to be communicated, to be shared in both pre-Cana, post-Cana marriage workshops is a personal attachment to Jesus Christ. The reason is this. The treasure hidden in the field in Jesus's parable is Jesus himself. He's the treasure. It's not the nice things he does in your life. That's secondary. The prime treasure is Jesus. And with Jesus, what he shares with us is the Ezekiel promise. In other words, the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts, taking out the hardness, putting in the heart that is designed in human capacity, and that is enabled to love, even in difficult marital situations, that is due to the presence of Jesus in your life, the literal presence of Jesus. And this is the presence of God himself. That's why 
Pope Pius XI can talk about supernatural powers and graces available that so often are just like something people are walking over left and right. And then what's our tendency? Well, this is getting a little tough. In fact, this has been half dozen years. No, we're we're at we're we're not at our eight years. We're ready to, you know, throw in a towel and bolt and head for Southern California. Maybe there's grasses greener on the other side of the fence, the marital grass. Or maybe we need to head to Canada. And it's right under our feet is that we have a sacramental marriage. In other words, if you and your spouse have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you're in a new covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Ezekiel promise is for you. Now this, again, is just Steve's observation over the years as well as just looking at patterns in Scripture. There was a gap between Good Friday and Easter morning. How come? There's a gap between the promise given to Abraham about a covenant family that would encompass the whole world and that one of his descendants would be a key to that. There was a a little gap of, uh, let's see, 2,000 years. Uh, You know, sometimes when we think there's a promise of God, there's going to be a gap. And this, again, this is my theory of what goes on in marriage. It's that very often we think we can do it. We're in love. We are in love. But a lot of it is is emotions which tend to fade over a time and don't do real well when you haven't had weeks of sleep when you have a baby or when your two-year-old is going through what some call terrible twos or your teenager is stretching your patience beyond any reasonable degrees of having patience or when there's serious sickness in your family or there's a financial reversal or a combination of several of these things. You see, that gap you say, no, this this is just running out of strength. And there's a, a time very often of waiting that, you know, it's under our feet. And this is why I feel the key sentence is that the grace of matrimony remains for the most part an unused talent hidden in a field. Hear this Catholic right now. You're listening to my voice, and you're going through very difficult marital problems, and you've gone here, you've gone there, and, you know, what, what's going on? The key to your marriage is your union with Christ, and then basically cultivate and develop the seeds of grace you have received. So how do you do that? How do you find the Ezekiel promise operating in you? How do you find those particular gifts related to the sacrament of marriage? And by the way, Protestant listeners, um, if you happen to convert to Catholicism like I did, you are not remarried. You are recognizing as already having obtained a sacramental marriage if you have been baptized, both of you, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are in the new covenant. And and if you don't deny those graces, those graces are also for you. 
And so the reality is, um, and again, I'm not. This isn't out of any book, or this isn't out of scripture. This isn't out of the catechism. But I've just noticed there's a gap. There's a gap that sometimes God lets us to go on just a little while, and that's why He has commandments like we don't go and leave our spouse and look for somebody else, look for greener pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Imagine the man that took off for Southern California looking for gold. You know, his farm became the center of the California gold rush. Or $100 million in oil pumped from a farm in Titusville, Pennsylvania. You see, there's things right under our feet. They're, they're there. And we have to draw near to God. And as we draw near to God, he is ready to start doing hidden things in our lives. He comes into our life. He is the key that makes this possible. The supernatural power isn't like a lightning bolt that he sends from heaven. He comes personally. He comes. He doesn't send energy like Duke Power or Florida Power and Light through power lines. He comes. Well, how does he come? Have you ever heard of a thing called the Blessed Eucharist? That's when he comes. He really and truly comes. That's why one of the, well, not one of the, the very first thing Jesus did in his public ministry, he showed up at a wedding and he showed that the graces to transform marriage were available with the coming of the new covenant. That's the Ezekiel promise, to be able to love. That's what God is able to do. But it amazed me when I was a new Catholic, because this is what drew me into the church, is reading St. John Paul II and saying, you know, the Eucharist is like a fountain of charity. And it was like a real revelation. I go around because people hadn't bothered to read these things, that you could actually go to Mass, and before or after you receive the Blessed Eucharist, you could be 100% honest with God about what's going on in your marriage and ask for his help. And again, I mean, you might be struck with like a bolt of lightning <laughs> effect, but if not, very quiet very transforming, very deep, very profound. Uh, from the inside out, this is how the reality of the Ezekiel promise is designed to come to you. The other thing, it's really important that God wants us to ask. He encourages us to pray. Why is that? Because that develops our relationship with him. Um, and you come. Jesus says, Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. And in that way, the Holy Spirit will be given to you. And again, when the Holy Spirit comes, that's not an it. That's not the force in Star Wars. This is the presence of the living God. This is how the Ezekiel promise works. It's, it's not some mystical cloud or whatever else. This is the reality of God himself coming into your hearts. And where the heart was hard, where the heart was lacking forgiveness, where the heart was filled with bitterness, it can be transformed by Jesus himself coming in. So you ask, and he'll give the Holy Spirit. And the Ezekiel promises, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. What are they? 
love God, love your neighbor, even love your enemies, you're capable of doing things that your old heart could not do. And this is how you cultivate the life of grace. So you want to think about going to Mass? You're, you're coming to Mass to develop that talent hidden in a field. And remember Pope Pius XI said, the grace of matrimony will remain for the most part an unused talent hidden in a field. Don't let that happen. And, and why is that? Because the, unless the parties exercise these supernatural powers and cultivate and develop the seeds of grace they have received. You see, God has made the first move uh, through baptism and faith. You have grace. You come to him, but you're supposed to cultivate. You're supposed to respond. You're supposed to grow up. And part of that growing up and maturing is going through perhaps a hard time and trusting that his word is true. In other words, you stay married. You don't bolt when it gets tough. And trusting that maybe you can go through a, a time of low expectation. And you're thinking, you know, this farm will never come to anything. You know, the, the streams has scum on it, you know, or I'll never get rich working this farm, so I'm going to head off to Canada. No, no, there's acres of diamonds under your feet right where you are, and the key is to cultivate grace and be honest with God that um, you may have problems and he has solutions. So before we close today, I realize there's some folks who might be in a real tough spot, and um, you're having a very difficult time lying down in the green pastures God has given to you. You may be even just lacking faith to do so. We're just going to say a prayer for you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, trusting you that you can fill our hearts with the good things that come from you, the very life that you bring, the life of the Holy Spirit and the love and obedience that makes us capable of doing. Pray right now for hurting marriages. Those who reach out for you say, Jesus, I need you in my marriage. Jesus, I need you in my marriage. Jesus, I need you in my marriage. Come, I pray, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Till next time, this is Steve Wood. You've been listening to Faith and Family, episode 169. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.